Alright, run it. Welcome to the Alpha Minority Podcast, episode 199 of the Because Black Book Club. And we bite. So it's up. For our review of A Deeper Love Inside, The Poor Santiago Story by Sister Soldier. If you want to purchase this book, please go to bookshop.org and search your local black bookstore. They'll have it. Um, I'm Toya. Yours truly, and I'm here with Michelle, the one and only. I don't like that voice. Like, where that come from? Just roll with it. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's Michelle, y'all. What's going on? Like she said, we back. We back. We on CP time, but it's all good. It's all good. We have lives, and we've been living them. Niggas been dealing with shit. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. So. Um, you guys, we are glad to be back to talk about this wonderful book because we're definitely going to get into it. You'll definitely um, know where we stand with it um, when this is all said and done. So I guess we can kind of talk about what what we've been having going on. Toya, what's been going on in your, your world, your neck of the woods, around the corner, in the country? COVID. Okay. COVID. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sick of COVID and coronavirus and masks like listen every time i turn around i see masks on the ground masks everywhere like i think they replaced condoms well don't worry because according to your governor they're not needed nor required and they're not even having to be worn at this point um he can take a stick and shove it up to the farthest another reason of his ass because i will be still wearing my mask everywhere i go and that's that on that but yeah so I guess, how has it affected you it's just as far as everything that's been going on with COVID and, and whatnot? Um, this may sound very, very um, redundant, <laughs> but COVID is real. Mm-hmm. I know you guys have heard that, but it is. I got COVID in February and I got really sick. I got mm-hmm. really, really sick. So that's just as, as much as I want to talk about it. But, um, it was scary. It was a scary experience. And just having to quarantine in my room, being away from my family, being away from people. I thought I was going to go stir crazy. I really did. The first couple of days was fine. You know, I got caught up on all my shows. and <laughs> But then I started getting sad. Like, you know, I, I started feeling like an alien. And that was no fun. So what, just if I can ask, since just somebody that's had it, um... As far as symptoms, what did you experience? Did you get the um, shortness of breath? or I got shortness of breath. I also lost my sense of taste and smell. Mm. Uh, restricted breathing. Uh, I could, you know, like I, I, my, I had a lot of tightness in my chest and um, very shallow breathing. So I, I did experience the taste, the the no taste and smell, was really awkward. That that I had never encountered before, mm-hmm. and um, also just my my throat itching. I had a lot yeah. of that. Um, just being an asthmatic, and and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Also, just being really really tired, drained, yeah. just just sleeping all the time, and that was the thing that I was scared of the most because they would tell you not to lay down. Mm-hmm. Like I would sleep propped up or sitting. Oh up. wow! Like you were trying to preserve a hairdo. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. Like that. <laughs> yeah. It's um. You know. You talk about the breathing and the tightness of chest. Just being someone who's had asthma. I had asthma since I've been a kid. I've always had some type of medication that I've taken for it. I always tell people if you ever want to know what that feeling feels like, and God forbid you will never in your life have to deal with that. The closest thing I can tell you to do is to go get a straw, close off of your nasal passage, and try to take in all of your breath solely through the straw. Breathing in, breathing out, no matter how hard you try, it's only going to be, you know, it's going to be a very small air passage, and that's what it feels like. That's that's the closest simulation I can give you without you actually experiencing it. It's rough, so I can definitely 
um, empathize with that. But I've never had that? asthma, but yeah, everything you just said, <laughs> what she said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad you're here. You're better. You took care of what you needed to take care of, did what you needed to do. Girl, the devil tried to take me out. Not today. Not, Not today. today. And that's why Mary had a little lamb what? and Humpty Dumpty Bloop. had a great fall. <laughs> um, so I guess for myself, as far as COVID, I actually had a COVID scare. Yeah, because you did. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, it you was were crazy. exposed, right? That's what I should say, yes. I was exposed. So I um, met up with a friend of mine. Um, and I look, I'll say this, I'm guilty of probably doing some things that have not, that have been frowned upon since we are in a, a, a say a panini. A panini. Um, so, you know, I've been still playing kickball and, you know, we started out trying to do the right thing with the mask, but I mean, it's, it's almost impossible y'all. It, it just really is. Um, but I went walking uh, with a friend of mine, you know, get, get a little exercise, get our cardio in. And so we went, um, she called me the next morning. She said, um, you know, Shum's going to let you know. I'm going to go get a COVID test because she said the evening before she was doing some chores around the house. Some of her family members complained that some of the chemicals were really smelly. Mm -hmm. And she said she couldn't smell it. She said that she thought it was allergies. Now, look, I can say, too, just like we were talking earlier, you know, like, you know, when I'm outside, you know, a lot of times after a while I sneeze, take clear, and I'm fine. So I definitely could understand because this, these this ain't the allergies or the pollen of yesteryear. I don't know what's in this is that loud pollen. I don't know what's going on this year, but she um, called me and said, you know, just be on the safe side. I'm gonna let you know since we were just together the day before we were outside. Um, you know, I'm just gonna go and check and be sure. So I said, okay, fine. So she. Calls me back like maybe a couple hours later and was like, I tested positive. And I'm like, oh shit. Well, for me, mine was like really, mine kind of crept up on me. Mm -hmm. I am a photographer, so I had a shoot. And um, I had my mask on, that's the weird thing. But they also say that um, you could come in contact with someone with COVID three days prior. Right. To you experiencing any symptoms. So I can't really say that's where I got it. But I know shortly after that shoot, my throat started itching. And it's it's kind of similar to the onset of like allergies right. and pollen. Mm -hmm. But there was no pollen in sight. So I knew, I felt I, like I had it. And I went right to CVS and, and I got a rapid test done. And they told me I had COVID. Right. I, um... I did go test because since she wasn't sure of like where she was exposed and it could have been anywhere. And the scary part of this, I will say, is that my friend was one of the most vigilant people I knew when it came to being protective, spraying things down, sanitizing. She's the one that's popping out the sanitizers for everybody to use. So the and fact those are normally she, the people that, that's crazy, yeah. that get sick. Right. So it's almost like if she could, you know, she tested positive, you know, it lets you know, like you said, it's real. It's real. So I did because she, she didn't know. And my first thought was we were all was together to kickball about two weeks ago. That'd be about a 14 day window. So window. Window. So I went. Not grandma. <laughs> I did go and I got tested. Uh, it was negative. Um, and I'm going to probably go back again like seven days just to be on the safe side, just to be sure. Um, so that'd be like, you know, this upcoming week, but I will say this, um, I did make the decision to get vaccinated. I had had my second shot already. Um, and I'm about to get my second. So. Yeah. So I was already about three weeks out. So, um, I will say this, you know, everybody has their right to choose what they want to do. You, you know, you research, you do your pros and cons. But I can definitely say that without a doubt, there was a huge level of comfort knowing that I had been vaccinated and just being exposed because that was not a drill. That was the real deal. And it just reminded me, you know, me taking those precautions for myself because you can't make people do anything. But, you know, I did what I needed to do for me and I was grateful for that. Amen. So. COVID got everybody out here testing and getting shots like the STDs going mm -hmm. on out here so you know pretty much that's what it feels like get your cootie shot you gotta call people look 
I tested positive. You tested positive. Right. I got sorry, I call it the cootie shot. Circle, circle, <laughs> dot, dot. Now I got my cootie shot for however long they tell me it's gonna last. So um, yeah, it's been real. It's been real, y'all. We've been out here living real lives, dealing with real shit, handling real motherfucking business. But I guess now the business we is in. <laughs> and that was our PSA. Right. The more you know. I don't know if that's copyrighted yet. We'll start the first two notes. Y'all fill in the rest. All right. So, we are here to discuss this book. Mm-hmm. And what were your initial thoughts on the book before we actually get into it? Like, what going into this, what were your expectations? Mm. Well, first, before I even ask you that, I'm sorry, let me back up. Because this isn't even the book that we were supposed to review. Let's tell them about the book that we really wanted to review. Okay, so the book that we really wanted to review was, I guess, would have been the true sequel to The Coldest Winter right. Ever. It would have picked right up where It left winter. off with yes. Winter. But that book was not out at the time. Right. Um, so we decided that since there were some other sequels out, including one on The Siblings... Um, we say, you know what? We have this book here. Let's take an opportunity to maybe catch up and see what was going on with some of the other siblings and, you know, some of the other characters before we got into the sequel for Winter. Child so, fuck them siblings. Like, I, I hate <laughs> that I even went into this book. Look, we're going to talk about it. So, like we said, it's called A Deeper Love Inside. It is the story of Porsche Santiago, which was Winter's. You know, younger sister. So, if you read the coldest winter ever, you know that there was winter and Portia, and they had two. They had a, a set of twins. So, this is focusing on Portia's story, pretty much picking up um, from where their father died, right. um, and what happened once they all got you know split up, and, and what occurred with her. So, um, I guess when we start out, we um, the book starts off with um, Portia's love affair for her family. She talks about how glorious the Santiago's are, mm -hmm. and they just these gods, and they can do no wrong, especially her dad. Right. And I know you asked me earlier about what my initial thoughts were going into this. So just kind of reading into like the beginning and some of the things that she talked about in the setup that we had. You know, I'm I'm kind of anticipating this story of you know watching her kind of go through this true like coming of age into like this young adult woman who's going to come full circle and then maybe or at least to the point where we can resonate with her mm -hmm. as in a fully grown adult woman yeah that um happen. that that definitely did not happen um <laughs> we're gonna get in it to mm -hmm. that too but for me just starting out sister soldier really really tried her best to work winter in right at the beginning of the book to draw you in right like okay um and she tried to remind us that okay this is this is um this is winter sister mm -hmm. um and porsche was talking about her sister and how how fabulous how fabulous winter is and how right. she she admires her sister and loves her and how everybody adores her um, what did you think of the way that she went on about her sister? Do you think it's true admiration for her sister or there might be a little bit of jealousy because of all the attention that Winter got? Oh, no, I definitely think it was admiration. Like, even through the book, as you see, you know, she never spoke bad of Winter, even, you know, regardless. Like, she loved her sister. She adored her sister. She looked up to her sister. Her sister was to her the bee's knees. Like, nothing... You know, even in winter's worst moments, I don't think Porsche would have ever seen anything bad in winter. Um, and I don't, and I still think even throughout this book, you know, she ever really truly could. She always seemed to be, even when maybe others could have told her things about winter, she would have come up with an excuse or or how that person was just wrong. So I think she definitely admired her. You don't think you think she. How do you think she viewed Winter? Like, or how do you think she used Winter throughout the story? I think the same. Okay. But you know, I I do think that she kind of wishes that she kind of was revered like her sister in a way. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, I I feel like she truly adored her sister. 
Yeah, I think you said it earlier too. It's like a classic middle child, the middle child syndrome. Um, I think she suffered from a lot of that. Just kind of feeling ignored, ignored, overlooked. overlooked. But then she said it also had its benefits too. Right. Um, but yeah, this book, the reason why I think it kind of annoyed me a lot was because, um, well, let me back up again. The Coldest Winter Ever. Okay. I, that book came out in 1999 Mm -hmm. and we are going to touch, we're going to touch bases on a deeper love inside, but I want to, I want to kind of shift gears When um, reading The Coldest Winter Ever, that book came out in 1999. So I was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And that book, I read it in my youth. Right. So I resonated with Winter. I felt like I was in the story. Like she was my best friend. We walked to school together. We was on the cheerleading squad. Right. Like that yeah. was my homegirl. We went shopping and all that. With this book, you know, reading it in my adult life, I kind of had a hard time with resonating with an 8 to 10 year old girl. You took the words right out of my mouth. So that would be, so when we first, okay, so when we first start the story off, we were kind of meeting Portia and she's like, what, 8, she's 10, I think. She's 10, but she talks about how. She was separated from her. The last time she seen her sister was right. when she was eight. Yeah, so we kind of get, and you know what they basically do, she's bringing us up to speed to where she is currently and some of the things she's been through since that. So she's been through some couple foster families, didn't work out. and Shuffled in the system. Right, shuffled in the system, was abused um, by one foster family. She said she just never felt, I guess, accepted. Accepted, right. So I believe... If I'm not mistaken, she had an altercation with, was it the social worker or the counselor? She had a, right, she had an altercation with the social worker where she was, was cracking bitches she, in the face. Where she was adult enough. Right. Um, to, to, what did she do to her? I believe she cracked her in the face. She, well, she did some bodily harm. So, pretty much right off the bat, this 10-year-old is she a 10-year-old who, thug life the 10. Day. There you go. She's thug life in that 10. So and that lands her in juvie. Yeah, like DJJ. Yeah, she went to juvie, and and that's kind of like where the story builds. It builds on her going to juvie, getting processed, and then um, spending a lot of unnecessary time in a book on an experience that I personally felt <laughs> we spent way too much time in juvie. We like, met we all. Could we have, met the whole clique. We met. We met the. Um, the we, diamond um the what? diamond divas I, the the rough riders i don't know it was so many it was a lot of unnecessary characters that we met here that we didn't have to and that was one of the things with the book that i felt i agree with you first of all it was very hard to relate as a a 40 41 year old woman to a child 10 years old to roughly i think she gets to 7 16 or 17 throughout this book i it was times in this book where I forgot she was fucking ten. Exactly. Because she was so savvy and smart, and Grunch. the shit that she was doing in juvie, just I'm thinking about when I was ten. Right. And um, she, you know, at the beginning of of the book, you know, she this ten year old girl, and she she pees on herself. At the drop of a hat, you that she's young. She's still young, right? Mm-hmm. She she's she's traumatized and she's obviously been through some things, right? Um, but she managed, despite all of this. <laughs> we're supposed to believe that she's this young and up and coming hustler in this juvie hall, right? Right. Um, and within a few months of lockup, she manages <laughs> to pull together a crew, a dance crew. A crew of, of girls. She's recruiting girls out the gate. She's basically going in. A fight club. Pretty much. She's creating a fight club. And she's basically like, I'm, you know, creating a gang in this bitch. And we're going to be, um, see, I guess, fucking shit up in juvie. I don't know. Mind <laughs> you, she's the bedwetter. Now, 
she she was peeing. Yep. And she pulled together this dance fight club. And she manages to draw the eye of the reigning queen of the, the locker. Now, this is the dime. Yeah, this is Riot. So, this is, I will say this. I really, honestly. She was that captivating. I probably would have preferred a story about Riot. Riot needs a book. Riot and I, as long as it's not written like this, Riot needs a book. Because her story was far more interesting and I'm still confused at how it and why it ended. But, anywho. Um, so yeah, she meets the leader of what they're the Diamond Divas. So basically, not the Diamond Divas, it's <laughs> the Dragonflies or something. It's the Diamond. Wait a minute, who's the Diamond? It's the Diamond Flies or something because it it was about Riot's story and she was saying how there were these bugs. Who was the Diamond Divas though? Now I'm confused. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I think is that from the Dancing Dolls? <laughs> I don't know. The Diamond Divas. No. But what was okay? So they was in this. She was the leader of their game. Y'all see. See, this is how ridiculous it was. The dragonflies or something. I don't know. I, don't know. I thought it was the diamond divas. We don't find out anyway. But she meets this girl. Now this now Riot's a smooth thirteen. And when Riot tells us her story, she's lived like the life of a whole grown ass woman and then some. You ever seen Queen of the South? No. Oh, well she's definitely <laughs> a queen pen. That's what Riot gives me the she's the Scarface. Baby Scarface? Yeah, baby Scarface. <laughs> but you're right. She's like a little baby Scarface because she's in there. Evidently, she's top dog. I don't know. Did you ever watch Wentworth? I did. So, Riot, I guess, would have been in the uh, would have been the equivalent of... Um, I forget their names, though. Because you introduced me to Wentworth. Yeah, I watched Wentworth. So, if you watched Wentworth, um, I guess Riot would have been the equivalent of um, the old Frankie. Age. When when um when Frankie first came in, she was top dog, and I guess uh, Porsche would have been B. So if you yeah. understand Wentworth, you understand that reference. <laughs> but that's basically where we are. So she, she catches the eye of Riot, right? And she worked the angle to get commissary privileges mm -hmm. and the respect of her fellow prisoners. Right. This um, is all in the span of. And that was the other thing, like the time frame. I'm like, so this was, you're 10, 10? 10 years old. Making boss moves in juvie. And, um, you know, you're a part of the Diamond Divas, Bach and crew. Um, and so, yeah, you're out here making moves and, and you're doing, you're hustling. Um, you're entering. And now here's one thing I did. This is something too, throughout the book where we introduced, but we introduced this early. She, when she talked about certain things in reference to like her dancing, it did feel a little creepish to me the way that how descriptive she was and some of the describing the movements and the body. I was like, okay, wait, it's cringy. I, yeah, I was. It was cringy. It was. It was. It was cringy. Um, but yeah, so they're in there, and then it's I guess that she loves to dance, right? So I guess. They're in there, and then one day they get after half the book. I guess they decide they don't want to be there no more. So, but before we get there, <laughs> we got to introduce Siri. Okay, yes, not the one in the iPhone, but we got to talk about <laughs> Siri. So, Siri is her best friend, right. she met her the very same night, right? That she walked in Juvie. Actually, Siri helped her to her bed. Right. And she had nice nails. And get her acclimated and showed her the ropes and did all these things. So we're introduced to Siri and the they're relationship they have. Yeah, they're always together. They are the best of amigos. And, um, you know, when she gets recruited into the Diamond Divas, <laughs> she also said that she wouldn't do it unless Siri came along. With exactly. So she's almost like Siri, she's a protective of Siri. So she wants to make sure that, you know, that we look out for Suri and vice versa. She knows that Suri will look out for her. Um, Are we going to do this spoiler alert? No. Okay. We'll wait. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so there's Suri. So of course... I kind of feel like Suri was a distraction though. Suri... We'll get back to Suri later. Okay. Let's, let's get back to her later because she's going to... It's going to play a, a part a little bit later on. Um... So, yeah, we don't give them the spoiler. We'll talk yeah. about the jailbreak. Yeah, so we talk about... Yeah, so basically, yeah, these, these niggas was prison breaking. So now we are... So basically, a, a group of 10, 10 to 13-year-olds 13 13 masterminded a juvie break that was In a maximum security facility. facility by hiding away in shit pots. Porta pots. 
and brilliant brilliant i've never heard of that before so evidently the correctional officers were slack they did not check thoroughly and they evidently they believed another child who came to pick up wait a minute a child who came to pick up the porta potties and was like no we brought you too many porta potties we're going to take these porta potties so basically now we have prison break with a Portia riot and two other um, people. No adult in sight. No adults in sight. Um, they have traveled hither and there to get in porta potties, and then they get out the porta potties. Um, don't they? They almost get caught at one point, don't they? But something else happens. Um, they almost got caught. Yeah, so they almost got caught, but luckily they didn't. So they're now traveling with this guy who. We now find out that Riot has arranged all of this um, beforehand. So they are now juvie escapees. And we're just like, okay. Nobody's looking for them. Nobody. Not a soul. <laughs> Not a soul. It's, just, it's just an unbelievable tale of shit that just does not seem realistic. And I know mm-hmm. this is this is one of those stories that... Right. You know, it, it's not um, a, a bio or, or anything like that, but it's just, I like to be able to believe the storyline. Right, and this was not a believable storyline, y'all, whatsoever. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, so we got Baby Prison Break. So And then they end up on the reservation? Yes. What she does. They end up on the reservation. So, basically, they part ways with their other uh, escapees. And they end up on a reservation. Uh, when we say her, it would be Portia and Riot. Yeah. And Suri end up mm-hmm. on this reservation, which is where even more foolery ensues. Because they go, they meet this lady who just randomly takes them in. But I assume that she, did she know Riot? I assume I she, she did, did, know, she did Riot. know her. So she knew, that's what I, okay, so yes, this lady knew Riot. And they called her, was it Nana or... Nana. Yeah. And so basically, she had them picking strawberries <laughs> and running and running. And they were, they thought of more hustles. Like it was just, y'all, it was. Just, so they went from Juvie to the Native American reservation. Right. And then, you know, that was like the boring part of the book. I'm sorry, y'all. That, that yeah, to me was kind of... That's a part of the book. That's one of those things that we had an ongoing issue with this book. Spending too much time on things that didn't serve really, truly a purpose. Where you could have found so many other creative ways to develop this story. Um, and once again, this is also where we, end, we encounter a passage where she talks about her dancing and getting naked. And just... I said, what? In front of, an, in front of a man strumming a drum? Where are we? Are we even still in New York at this point? I didn't even know. No, from there, (laughs) then she goes off the grid in New York, right? Mm -hmm. From there, she goes off the grid to to look after her mother. Right. So basically, her and Riot, um, I believe they come back. They come as boys because that was one of Riot's things. And she said, "Boy," which you know is true. She was like, you know, as a boy, she wouldn't get questioned. Mm -hmm. When she asked to do things, I wanted to work, she said. And that's how they made money. Oh, yeah, and their countless hustles. So, yes, they go to New York, and they pose against these young boys, and they're on a mission to find the money tree. Because, first of all, this is the other thing, is that she reminds you how young this character is. She still, in her mind, thinks that she's going to go home, and everything's going to be the way that she remembered it to be. It was just going to be... I'm going to go here. My mama's still going to be there. Um, Somehow the twins have come back. And I don't know. Maybe Winter got out. I don't know. But she definitely had a very still childlike thinking about how things were going to look. But to me, it was unrealistic because this child had gone through so much. Mm -hmm. Even from that point, she, she goes... After taking care of or, or trying to save her drug-addicted mom or whatever, or strung-out mom, didn't she go? She goes on the road, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, we. It, what, how old is she at this point? We. 
this I found out I realized later that I found out later that this book takes place from her being 10 to approximately 16, 16, 16 17. 17 so we're not talking about a big span of time first of all and but I want to backtrack a little bit because when they went and one of the things you could I guess kind of see like when they went to go get the money tree did you just think you were just going to stroll up like there was a money tree where they dug they evidently there was some money hidden they went to try to find the money surprise surprise <laughs> so yeah so they started there when they first got back to get to the money tree and then they go to find her mother so that i think that's where we kind of like i say y'all it, and that's the other thing it's an, it's not a really consistent flow of story so it kind of goes in and out and like i said it just continues the foolery but we yeah so we're going to find the mom so we find the mother and i guess once again portia thought that her mama was going to be the mama she remembered, but... But she wasn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She wasn't. If any of you have ever seen... You ever seen The Corner? Vaguely. I watched episodes of that show, but I didn't... My show was The Wire. That was in Baltimore, too, wasn't it? Yes. The Corner. The Corner was yeah. in Baltimore. It's like, uh, I call it a precursor to The Wire. But yeah. as I said, if you've seen The Wire, if you remember the... The mom. The mom. Mm-hmm. That's what really I thought about <laughs> when I started reading this part. That's who in my mind I visualized <laughs> as what the mama looked like at this point. But again, we still we're still talking about a very young girl. Right. And I just felt like I felt like a pervert at some point. Because yeah. of the fact that she she got engaged when she was I know I'm skipping some parts because I really don't, I don't want to give too much, but she went from, I want to kind of fast forward to when she, uh, she meets Alicia. <laughs> Isn't that how you? It's Elijah, but in the book, y'all, it is spelled Alicia. Had I not kind of gone back and listened to some other excerpts, I would have been saying Alicia too and would have been highly confused, but it's actually Elijah. <laughs> Yeah, it's spelled Alicia. It though. is. It is. It is. Um, yeah. Like, Damn, she get down like that. Yeah. It, it, and and if you in the book though, I guess their situation started though when they she was like they were like thirteen and 13. sixteen or thirteen yeah. and fourteen. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot yeah, I they were kind of yeah they were still once again teenagers in full grown blown up grown relationships, and so basically. But yeah, you know, going back to the mother. So basically, like you said, she became um, Doctor Phil, um, and wanted to save the mother. So she pretty much thought she was going to save the mama all on her own. All she had to do was get off the drugs. And this is where another thing, bro, was said like Riot. I really think Riot needs a good, well-written book. She does, but how would she fit in the? That could be a spinoff. Yeah, that could be a spinoff. I think Riot through this book did represent reality and a voice of reason and kind of the maturity that you know I know the outcome of what's going to happen mm -hmm. this is not going to end the way you think it's going to end but um yeah just her mother being you know pretty much a crack whore in and out of crack houses and just her trying to save her mom like just trying 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 and not understanding that your mom does not want to be saved what did you think about um, the the way she talked about Midnight in the beginning? Okay, another spoiler alert. I'll say this. If you read The Coldest Winter Ever, be prepared to be disappointed. <laughs> because I absolutely hate what happened with Midnight's character. Like, to me, when she talked about Midnight in the beginning, it's very clear that she was enamored with Midnight like Winter was. She liked Midnight, but she was a kid. Girl, you was eight. Well, she said she knew the feeling. She, she, what, what exactly? How did she? How did she um, describe it? She said she felt something come over her. She felt warm inside or something. Tingling, she got tingling. the tingling sensation. Girl, if you don't calm your hot ass down, you are eight. Yeah, I just yeah. Because speaking when you said that when you talked about midnight, I just don't like the way she did this. Like, I, I felt like midnight was just kind of delegated to like an international pimp. With multiple wives. It's like, wait a minute. And, you know, granted, I haven't read Midnight, so maybe this all comes out probably, of course. But 
just kind of being reintroduced to that character in this book, I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't like any of it at all. Um, so yeah, so we, we are reintroduced to some of those characters. Um, so yeah, so I just, well, how did you feel about the way that um, Midnight was kind of like reintroduced or described in the book as, as you went on? Yeah, Midnight, just, what do you think? He comes back into the story around the time of Mama's funeral. Mm -hmm. And um, he's reintroduced to her. Right. Because, I mean, she, she did she did meet him when she was younger, but he's he's a pimp at this point. He's um, mm -hmm. an international <laughs> player from the Himalayas. Right. With, I think it was three wives? Yeah. Yeah. Three of them things. Three of them. Yeah. Three on one, one, two, three. All three of y'all. All three of y'all. Exactly. <laughs> Third day out here. Um, yeah, the, I was just really disappointed in that. I, I didn't want to know that that character, one of your favorite characters from the coldest winter ever, just kind of was delegated to an international Playboy pimp with three wives. I didn't like it. <laughs> but but yeah. then you know he has his own book, so right. we might have to, we might have to dive into that. And it's sitting under my coffee. I don't know if we're going to review it, but, you know, we can read and see what's... Yeah, because it's sitting under my coffee table, but after reading this, I'm not jumping to it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so like we said, you know, obviously, spoiler, the mother dies. So... And um, remember, Winter does attend her mom's funeral also. That right? was one of the biggest things that I remember from that book. Yeah, me too. And then she see yeah, because then you know remember she sees, she sees briefly the sister. Well, she sees the body, mm -hmm. um, but she still was locked up, and then they wouldn't let her. Yeah, she was shackled. Yeah, shackled up. Um, so yeah, I definitely remember that part um, of the book. So yeah, so the mother passes, and so now um, we now find out that uh, Porsche goes on to be a showgirl at fourteen after some meeting up with some folks, and <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> The timeline is just crazy. Like, this girl has been through a lot. Y'all, she's lived a whole so life. So, in four years, she's done a whole lot. So, now she's on the road. Yeah, she's on the road. They um, go on to become, uh, what was it, dancing girls? Or showgirls? Showgirls. Yeah, showgirls. Um, at the ripe age of 14, I think. Um, so that's also when we get introduced to which who you called Alicia, but Alicia, <laughs> yeah, it's Elijah. Um, this young, sturdy, strapping young man of a smooth thirteen who seems to be rolling in the dough. I want to know what she. I mean, they they did try to paint a picture of what of what um, Porsche looks like, what she looks like, but it just makes you wonder. What a fourteen-year-old looked like during that time, right? And how she was able to become so successful, right? Because I didn't understand that either. I was like, so we are basically implying that there was, um, I almost equated it to child trafficking, like motherfucking men out here <laughs> dancing for men. Like I was like, huh? <laughs> but yeah, so she meets Elijah, and like I said, evidently Elijah is uh, dropping money left and right. Um, let's not forget, I guess, still the multiple hustles mm -hmm. that she's got going on, including pimping cigarettes to crackheads, um, and evidently making lots of money. Cook oh, I we forgot about cooking. Cooking. Um just a lot, just living an old soul's life. Okay, so she meets Elijah. Okay, let me stay on track because this book definitely definitely didn't stay on track. Okay, so <laughs> we meet Elijah. And we'll get and to that too because it doesn't stay on track, but it also reminds me of 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 the end, so we'll we'll kind of tie into that too. I don't know if that was done purposely, right? Um, so she meets this young man. He evidently at age fourteen and sixteen, he wine and dines her, buys her phones. Um, his parents, I think, did we really get into? I think they were just well off, educated people. Yeah. So he had a little change. He had a nice little allowance, evidently, and um, he asked her to marry him. Yes. So he was. Oh, we forgot he wrote. A award-winning, I guess, <laughs> screenplay or All something. All while she was selling cigarettes. All while she was selling cigarettes at the smooth, tender ages of 14 to 16. He's off writing screenplays and touring the world. And they get married. Regular with the parents' consent. 
clearly not hers. I just a regular ass Tyler Perry movie. Exactly. There you go. The raggediest one that he had. Cause this is ridiculous. So basically, in a nutshell, yeah, they get them niggas get married with his mom and daddy's consent. Cause both her, their, hers can't obviously. So they ripe old age of 16, 17 out here married, living this award winning life. He's doing screenplays. Don't you need millions. consent though? You do need consent. He's yeah. They you, gave her consent also. Yeah, I guess. And then somehow she was able to get a record expunged. Don't forget about that part. Um, anyway, so foolery and fuckery, like I said. So now we get to where she goes to finally visit her sister. But she did all this shit uneducated. Yeah. How? Yeah, because I never heard anybody talk about getting a, 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 a diploma, certificate, no GED, night school program, anything. Nothing. Street. I guess the streets raised her and taught her. She was real crafty. Yeah. I. I, I don't know. Just. <sighs> but on to winter. She goes to see her sister. Right. What did you think of that? Um. I winter think, didn't want her there. I don't think so. And I think one of the things that we do see in the book throughout the book is her trying to rebuild the family that she knew. I think she did that through Siri. I think she did that through Riot. I think. She was trying to do that through her mom. So this is one thing that you still do see the innocence in her is she just wants her family. She just wants her family back to the way that she remembered things. Um, yeah, I don't think Winter wanted her there. Um, if you remember anything about Winter, Winter displayed no weakness at all. Mm -mm. Portia was not Portia. Porsche was very emotional when she saw her sister. Right. And I, I, I don't. I think that kind of annoyed Winter. Yeah, I think um, throughout the even their conversation as it goes on, I think you see Winter obviously also is living in the past. I think Winter. I think they said that point she'd been there what about nine years. So, uh, and those numbers don't add up. They don't. Wait a minute. I think they said she'd have been. In Okay, so she went to jail when when Winter was... Not with, when Porsche was how old? Maybe like eight. eight. I don't know. Now we have to go back and find out. But this is a... Yeah, these numbers don't 17? Yeah. Nobody remember? She was 17. Okay, well, yeah, I lie. Okay. It was about I, nine years. One point for you. Um, so, yeah, because them numbers I wouldn't end up... Look, okay, so... Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, Winter's definitely living... Still living in the past. I think she's not realized... Obviously, how much time has gone by? How much time has gone by? But even. you know, institutionalized people tend to do that, right? You know, they live in the glory days, similar to people that that have high school glory. Oh yeah, and they live back when they was the star of the basketball team or right the the head cheerleader, and now they three hundred pounds. You remember when? No, do you know now? That's what's going on now, not within. So yeah, like she, um, even when she talked about like. Midnight. She was asking her about Midnight, and that's one thing that Porsche did say. I couldn't bear to tell her that Midnight's moved on, girl. He ain't thinking nothing of you. Married with multiple wives and living a life of Playboy International pimp. But, you know. Winner wants to get out and reclaim. Right, she wanted that old the thing. Th the throne. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, she's going to come in and just overthrow everybody and sit like Queen Sheba, I don't know, next to her pharaoh. But, girl, no. Um, he's already over there in Africa. That shit ain't happening. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, well, I'll say this. I think she actually was glad to see her sister, but like she says, she's known for not showing the weakness. So I don't think she wanted her sister to know that she really was glad to see her. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, she, I guess she tells Winter about her life and the things that have been going on and. Uh, what not? So, what did you think about just I guess as they left each other? Um, do you think maybe Portia found close some closure in that, or I think Portia found some closure in that, but um, again, I don't really think Winter wanted to see her. She she saw her sister, and um, it it kind of reminded her of her sister came in there dressed to the nines. You know what I'm saying? You know mm -hmm. how they are very. Very, very materialistic. Very, so it, it kind of reminded her of how she used to be. Right. 
And don't forget, so this would have been like, what, a smooth 16-year-old, 17-year-old sister mm -hmm. coming to see you dressed to the nines, who's a multimillionaire mm -hmm. at this point? Oh, she oh, like this bitch. Right. This used to be me. All right. I might <laughs> would have been like this bitch too. <laughs> you come in here. Oh, we forgot. Yeah, she's had a baby. Yeah, she's had a baby. So there's teenage motherhood in here as I well. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Until I until she mentioned something about thinking about the baby and crying and something and um I was like, Oh my god, teenage okay, yeah. So you're a teenage mother. Okay. Selling Lucy's. Selling Lucy's and <sighs> showgirl showgirl and uh also don't forget a, an aspiring cook with a, a book uh gang leader a prison escapee um, and dancer dancer I mean, she's a, she likes to yeah so basically at the end <laughs> y'all as you can tell this book was so I will say this. But before we end it, we right. got to get to Elijah and Oh, we forgot about Siri. Ego. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, yeah, we didn't get to t touch on that. So She has an alter ego, you guys. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that's what Elijah kind of referred to it as. He right. Thought it, was, it was almost like a cute thing for him. Right. So, that was where it got extra creepy, too. Because um, she even talked about towards the end, like her ring. He mentioned something about there's a diamond for each one of my wives. Because... She asked him about, you know, Midnight having multiple wives and how he felt um, about that. Um, and even when you think back on it, and like you said in the beginning, we introduced this character and you come to find out it's pretty much her fucking imaginary yeah, friend. It's her imaginary friend. And I think I, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me until when she was, when she had her interview with Riot. Right. And... And she was saying, I'm not going to join unless Siri can join. And then Riot was looking around like, where okay. is she? She's like, she's right here. Yeah. And they said she kind of glanced and then she glanced back. You like, know, okay. it was real quick. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I thought she was ignoring her. But there was nobody sitting there. Right. So that <laughs> yeah. was the other thing. Like when that kind of came, when you realize that it's like, oh, it's just Something wrong with her, but okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go so, with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's your imaginary friend. We got it. She's ten, though. So it would have been cute at ten. Cute. Ten, seventeen, and then the now teenage husband is referring to the, the this imaginary friend. I okay. Um, yeah, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe it's a metaphor for maybe that's her protector, or maybe I don't know. It just. It just didn't, to me, it was a part of the story that really didn't make sense, but it made sense in the beginning, but it didn't need to carry on throughout the whole book. It just didn't. And it seemed to kind of allude to Porsche having a mental illness, but it isn't necessarily confirmed in the book. But um, I just wish that that kind of played out a little bit more. Yeah, I think it could have been done. A lot better. It could have been very well, much better executed. Um, so yeah, this book um, was a no for us. No, it was a flat no. I'm so sorry. And look, we're gonna come in here. We're gonna read some of them. May be great. We may really enjoy them. Others, they may be a complete dud. That's why we read them to find out. And we're gonna tell you what we think. And this one just didn't. It didn't rock our world. It didn't give <laughs> what it was supposed to have gave. Exactly. Not in the least bit. Um. I think this would be a great read for someone between the ages of 12 to 16. Yeah. If I had read this right after I read The Coldest Winter Ever. Right. You know, I, I probably would have loved it. Loved it. But we no. middle-aged women now, so. Mm -mm. Not today. Not today. <laughs> we grown ass and women. Right. And, and we, don't, we don't do... We quit school because of recess, so. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, this this definitely, if you want to, I guess, pass it on to your younger daughter to read. I might let Jasmine read it. There you go. There you go. My daughter might would read it and, and probably not. Um, just to be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... Brie ain't got time for that. No, I just, you know, read it at your own discretion. We don't want to discourage it. If you're curious, you did read The Coldest Winter Ever, you're wondering about the siblings and what happened to them and their story, definitely encourage you to pick it up. And, you know, assess it for yourself because, you know, our opinion may not, you may read it and absolutely adore it. 
we just didn't. It just didn't do it for me. Yeah, it just didn't do it for us. So, and sometimes it'll be like that because you just never know what you're going to get from cover to cover. Right. And that's why you read. Yes. So, there you go. So, that's that's our take on this story, Deeper Love Inside, the Portia Santiago story. So, like we said, if you want to pick that up, um, you can go and check it out at your local black bookseller. And um, I think that's all I have for this one. You have any any other thing else you want to add in or put in or partake in? It, it just wasn't a sequel. It shouldn't <laughs> have been the sequel to the coldest winter ever. Right. And I am convinced that Sister Soldier had a ghostwriter at this point because I just didn't read the same thing. I, I don't know. I just feel like... I... I would say, coming into this book, I had really high expectations just coming off the coldest winter ever. Um, to me, it just wasn't written with the same vision. I don't know. The same pen. Yeah, there you go. I didn't even say it. But it, it just, you know, it. yeah, I, I don't know what, what happened where the breakdown was. It just seemed to be all over the place. And it, no it, it, it kind of lagged. Right, kind of like we're doing now. So we're, we're gonna, <laughs> yeah. So that just how, that's just how it went. So look, um, thank you guys again. Thank um, you, thank you once again to the Awkward Minority Podcast, um, Lady G and G just showed us words for allowing us. We to, love you guys. Yes, for for allowing us to occupy your space and take up your time. Um, next time, you guys, we will definitely try to be a little less on CP time. But hopefully we will have a new announcement for you soon for a, a new book. So hopefully you all will um, stay tuned and join us for that wonderful, wonderful selection next time. Hopefully you'll be sick better than this shit. one. They sick of our shit. No, they're not. They okay. love it. You love it here. You love it here. You better. <laughs> so until next time, you guys, uh, stay safe, stay blessed, stay loved, do what you do. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.